Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, here with episode 66. And we're going to talk about a couple of really good matches, I got to say. Uh, you know, we got to see some more team action going on, which is always fantastic. A bit more of the reckoning. We even got an FCL um, coming in from there. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get into things. Um, so, today we're going to be talking about Elena Jordan versus Brother Lomas. Good match there in the Inner Geekdom division. As well as Ben Bateman taking on Rick the Rager Radis. Uh, the self-proclaimed greatest 3-0 player. Yeah, Rick Radis there. Um didn't quite work out so well for him uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, I want to start off talking about this uh, This previously on. Now, I, I kind of like to I like to go through all the various things, the scenes and, and the production type stuff of the show because it's stuff that I, I enjoy. And this previously on, uh, I got to say, I really like how they're teasing up non-match stuff. Um, it gets you wondering, you know, so like we got to see some stuff from the fan favorites in this one. And I'm like, okay, are they going to be involved somehow? Is the opening match going to involve them uh, in some way? Uh, but it didn't. It wound up being something that happens not within a match, which I thought was really, uh, really cool to see. However, I thought they added a little bit too much of that, especially with the stuff for the movement, uh, specifically, you know, JTE and uh, T-H-E, the Paul Preston, because uh, they weren't even there. And so, like, they showed a bit too much of their stuff. Um, I think just teasing the fan favorites would have been fine because it would have kind of led up to what was coming. Um, I also feel like overall, the previously on was a bit too long. Um, it, it just, it, it kept, I mean, we had already seen almost everybody who was in the match, uh, the previous week, you know, and the only person that we didn't see was Elena Jordan, uh, because she's the, she, that happens during the show. And so I, I think they spent a bit too much time essentially recapping what we just saw the previous week. I get why you want to do that, but you don't want these previously on to drag on too long, in my opinion. So uh, I think they, they need to cut those back. There were, there were some story issues, some, some production issues, I feel like, with this episode, but uh, I'll talk about them uh, kind of as we go along. We got uh, our first scene, uh, our cold open, so to speak. Uh, we have Christian meeting with Shannon and Mike, telling them uh, their, his plan for the team's uh, division and the singles division, you know, as far as corruption goes. Um, they're not happy about what Shazam has put on the table. Uh, you know, corruption having to split up, or specifically Mike and uh, Chance having to split up if they lose uh, the, the match against Shazam, if they choose to take it. They're not happy about that, and I don't blame them. You know, it's a it's a big decision to have to to think over. To I was listening to um, the rundown, and they had said that they are the 
longest running champion level team that's left. Like we we do have like the wild berries, though they had broken up for a while. Um, and we do technically still have uh, the real rejects. But as far as like champion level teams, they're the last longest running one right now. Because they formed during uh, Anarchy, which I think was like season five. Uh, and so if they like them splitting up would be a big deal, uh, really. And so I, I get it. I get that they wouldn't be happy about that. And then Christian drops a, a singles bomb on Mike and tells him that, uh, you know, for him to start his path to the title, he's going to have to go through Paige for Betty. You know, the, the rookie sensation who came out and took down Ben Bateman last year after calling him out. Uh, so, I, you know, it's not an easy, an easy task, I think, for Mike. Um, they didn't seem totally down for that either. But I guess... Uh, I mean, as we see, they've already booked this match, and I'm going to have more to say about all that later on because when when Paige comes out at the end of the episode, she makes it seem like, I'm, I'm really jumping ahead here, but um, she makes it seem like she's challenging Mike. And we already know that that's on the table. I think what she should have done is she should have like called Mike out to make a decision, but like, you know, we know, you know, Mike, you know, you got to go through me if you want to get it to get to the title. So if you want if you want to get that title, you got to make a decision. I'm here right now. You know, let's do this. Uh, I, something, you know, something along those lines. But it, to me, it felt more like even Ellis said it, you know, she was challenging Mike where it's like, really, that was already the way it was set up. And then Ellis says that it's on the books. It's like Mike didn't even make a decision. You know, he was, Christian told him to think about it. There was no thinking about it, as far as we know, you know what I mean? They hadn't, uh, they hadn't shown us anything about whether or not Mike actually accepted. It's just on the books. And so it's like that right there. It's kind of like the storytelling, the writing uh, of it and everything was kind of off in this episode. Uh, it's it just, I think they need to kind of work out the kinks when it comes to that stuff. And then there's the stuff at the end, which I'll talk about. I'm not going to jump uh, to there, but there was some stuff in the end credit as well. That just, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the, of the way it was kind of written out and, and, and everything. But uh, like I said, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Then we had another scene with Christian backstage. Uh, I like this scene because it felt, it felt like I was watching wrestling. You know, when uh, you're watching like Raw or SmackDown or, or Dynamite and you go backstage and, and people are doing stuff, whatever, interacting. It really felt like that more so than some of these other uh, produced scenes, like even the one that we had just seen. Um, this one felt more like that. I don't know what it was. I don't know what was different about the styling technique or whatever, or the filming technique. But um, I, I don't know. I, I really I really liked the, the look of it. Uh, we had, like I said, we had Christian backstage. Uh, the Reckoning approaches him. Rick Radish not happy. He's pissed, actually, about everything that went down the week before. You know, uh, essentially considering Guy not a legitimate player and all this other stuff. He doesn't consider it a legitimate loss. And, uh, you know, Brother Lomas kind of calms him down a bit. And Christian winds up offering Brother Lomas a match. In the inner geekdom division. He's never played in this division before. This would be a first for him. He kind of plays it off. 
in character as if he doesn't really know much of anything about about all that. I think he he answered like one, I think it was like a turtle's question or something like that the week before. I can't remember what he said it was. Um, and so uh, he, he kind of, in storyline, Christian offers it to him based on that, which I thought was really funny. And uh, yeah, he accepts and it's going to be against Elena Jordan, who, uh, for those of you who watched the FCL last year, you know who she is. She had like four or five matches in the FCL. Unfortunately, and she she spanned most of the divisions, I believe. She I know she had a singles match. Um, I believe she had a Star Wars match. Both of those she lost. And I think she had two uh inner geekdom matches. Uh I think she was one and one and one in inner geekdom last year. And outside of that, she like in the actual Schmodown, she's only had one match. Uh it was like back in 2018, it was a five-way inner geekdom match. Uh, which she, I think, was out, was like the one of the first, I think she was the first one out. So it's like, her record's not great, but she is one of the most entertaining people that you'll ever see on screen. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, she she's hilarious. Uh, and so that's what we start with. We start with the Elena Jordan Brother Lomas match for, uh, in the Inner Geekdom division. Um, like I said, she's an incredibly enter uh, entertaining competitor. And she came out with these fake braces on. I remember a while back, um, she was, I think it was, uh, I don't know if she talked about it on Twitter, but she at least was talking about it on Facebook, about how she wanted to get like professionally done fake braces. Uh, and that she, you know, this was like a, a, a long thing that she was trying to get done. And like she had finally found a place that would do them. And they, it, was a, it was a place that did like stuff for movies and whatnot. And these are like film grade fake uh, braces and they looked awesome and like they didn't they didn't slur her speech or anything uh like they they, they it was perfect for for what she does and so i thought it was just hilarious because like i remember going through like seeing her post about all that stuff and so then seeing her actually using them i thought was hilarious because like it was like oh shit i know exactly what those are um and so i thought that that was really cool that she was uh wearing those and uh you know as her her nickname uh, says she is the punisher she she punishes you with puns so to speak and uh they were on point man they were on point lots of points my pun game is not quite as good as hers but i try uh and i gotta say lomas's character work this week was a significant increase from last week so much better both him and radis really because i talked about how how last week they just seemed lackluster during the match. Like they, they had their stuff going in the, in the scenes and in the post and the pre and post match stuff. But during the match last week, it was just, it wasn't there. I don't know what was going on last week for them, but this week, man. Yeah, they, they had it. They, I don't, I don't know what's flipped for them, but they both, they were both in it this week, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, I wrote down this note. Uh, Lomas claimed that he abhors dancing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last week we saw him dancing with Rick Raddus, which I thought was funny because, like, when they re-showed that clip, I was like, I feel like he's the you know he he shouldn't be dancing. And, you know that character probably wouldn't like dancing, and then he li literally says that, which I thought was uh, pretty funny, but it it did contradict what he did. But that I feel like. 
I don't know, that just made it even more, uh, more entertaining for me. And Lomas did incredibly well this first round, man. I was like, for somebody who's never done Inner Geekdom, I was very impressed here. Uh, he only missed one question. So he got nine out of his possible ten uh, in that first round, which is which is fantastic. Elena, however, not so good. Uh, she only managed to get five. She was really struggling throughout this whole match, unfortunately. Like I said, she's hilarious and entertaining to watch, but her trivia game needs a little work. If she, you know, uh, I mean, I, I want to still see her like do stuff, um, but it's gonna have to be kind of more like just fun matches that don't necessarily hold a lot of weight, unfortunately. Um, but unless she she decides she really really wants to get into it and uh and start because like these the top tier players they study crazy amounts and so like it is uh if, if you're gonna compete you gotta really compete at that level to to kind of stay with them so um and, and it's fine if you just kind of want to be mid-tier that's totally cool you know those are still fun to watch you know watching josh makuga is still hilariously fun to watch watching the real rejects you know like they have knowledge but they aren't the kinds of people who are just hitting the books like crazy and and and, and flash carding it up and, and all that stuff maybe maybe they do some of that but i don't i don't believe that they're doing it that much they're just kind of coming in with the knowledge that they have and they're to have fun uh and those i love seeing those types of matches as well so i would have no problem seeing uh more uh, stuff like that as well. Uh, so like I said, uh, Lomas taking the lead here, 9-5 to five outside of the first round. We get into round number two, and Elena is up first, and she winds up landing on Hasbro. Now, I had a big problem with this category and the way it all kind of shook out. Hasbro, to me, when it when she first hit it, I was like, okay, cool, man. They're going to get some interesting questions here because there's a lot of possibilities within Hasbro. But all five of her questions were Transformers questions. This isn't a fucking Transformers category. It's supposed to be a Hasbro category. And there are a ton of different film franchises that could be in this category. And there's no reason for it to just be five fucking Transformers questions. And I wholeheartedly believe that if there had been a mix of these Hasbro properties, that maybe she wouldn't have done so terrible. So uh, I wrote down a list of all the you know uh, I, all the ones that I could find that are really you know you know owned by Hasbro or, or you know, based on Hasbro products and things like that. So outside of Transformers, you've also got the G.I. Joe properties, uh, My Little Pony, Clue, you know, the, the classic film Clue, Battleship. I know the movie's not very good, but it's it's part, it's part of Hasbro. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Hasbro now. Power Rangers also. Gem and the Holograms. The Trolls movies. Even the Ouija movies. So, like, there are there's a lot of options here that you could get in a Hasbro category. Now, I understand, oh, this is inner geekdom, but if you're going to have a Hasbro category, 
in inner geekdom, then you're going to have to put in more than just the fucking Transformers movies. Or don't call it that. Call it Transformers. Don't sit there and call it Hasbro and then not include things like G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, I mean, d the, the Dungeons and Dragons movie, that one Dungeons and Dragons movie that went to theaters, I think it would fit perfectly in inner geekdom. It, you, you may not like the movie, but it would fit perfectly in here. As, like I said, would, I think, G.I. Joe. Uh, and you could put, you know, lots of, you know, Power Rangers. I'm pretty sure I've, I've seen Power, I've heard Power Rangers questions in here before. You know, so at the minimum, you could, you could pick and choose ones that you think would fit better in Inner Geekdom. But there's a lot of options outside of Transformers, and I really, I really don't like that that's kind of what it went down to. I don't know how it got past the people who, who write the questions, who, who, uh, set up the categories or whatever. But having all five of those questions be Transformers shouldn't have never happened. It just shouldn't. Now, a couple of them could have been Transformers, sure. But you got to mix this up. You know, that's like saying, here's a here's a comic book movie. Oh, you land on a slice. It says comic book movies, you know. And it's all DC or all MCU. Sure, all of those are comic book movies. But you should really be getting more than that. Or like the, sh the swashbuckling one. There's that swashbuckling adventures slice. It's like saying, okay, you landed on swashbuckling adventures. And every single question is about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, that counts technically. But it shouldn't happen like that. You know, it, it just, it should not, it shouldn't go down that way. Um, so, but you know, that, that was, that was my big rant about that i was not pleased i i've been thinking about that uh ever since i watched it it's been rolling through my head every day i've been thinking about it <laughs> it's because it really bothered me um and she did really poorly because she didn't know that one franchise very well you know when theoretically she could have gotten a my little pony question maybe she would have gotten it i don't know you know maybe she's really into the movie clue and they could have asked a question about that. Who knows? She might have been able to get some points if it wasn't just Transformers. And, and again, if the category was called Transformers, I wouldn't have we would not be having this conversation. Because then of course it would be all Transformers. But if you're gonna call it Hasbro, let's mix it up a bit, guys. Let's mix it up. Uh, but like I said, she did really bad here. Um, she missed her first four questions. And allowed uh, Lomas to wind up uh, with four points worth of steals. Um, she got one multiple choice uh, question at the end. So she only wound up getting one point uh, out of her entire round. Which, not great, man. <sighs> Unfortunately, not, not good at all. And Lomas winds up spinning uh, TMNT. And he dominates this category so much so... That we get a KO win here, 21 to 6. I believe that's the first knockout of the season. I don't, I'm pretty sure it's the first knockout of the season. I know we've had a, a TKO thing, but I think that was the first knockout of the season. Um, and then Elena then continues to be uh, entertaining in the post interview. So, uh, and, and we get to see a bit more uh, of Rick Radis and, and Brother Lomas doing their thing. Um, again, like I said, really they, they really kind of kicked it up a notch character-wise uh, during this match, which I thought was fantastic. Because last week, 
so lackluster. It was not what I was expecting from either of them, really. And uh, I was glad to see them no longer struggling under the lights to uh, to keep that the character flowing. All right. Then we got our next match. Ben Bateman versus Rick the Rager Rattus. We get a scene to start this off. We got Rick Rattus confronting Ben Bateman uh, as he continues to say that he will easily beat Bateman. You know, he is, like I said, that self-proclaimed three, uh, greatest 3-0 player. And uh, he then grabs this random guy who's walking by. I have no idea who this guy was. Um, I'm assuming he's just like somebody who works in the back. Maybe, maybe he's a writer. Maybe he's like a camera guy. I have I have no idea who he is, um, but he grabs this this random guy, and he asks him to. Uh, he tells him to ask him some five point questions. You know, he's going to prove that he he's got the knowledge here. And you know, he starts reading off these questions, and Radish is just nailing them. Ben's like, "How? You know, I don't know these. How the hell do you know these?" And he just nails them. He gets all five of these things right, and then uh, Bateman takes off, and Radish. We find out is paying this guy $175 to uh, read questions that he had already prepared the answers for. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I thought it was a it was a really good scene. It really it really helped to solidify this character and his cockiness and how he's willing to do whatever it takes to kind of get the upper hand no matter what. I really, I really kind of liked that uh, a lot. I thought it was really funny uh, as well. And uh, these two players are two of the, honestly, probably two of the biggest personalities we've got. Um, it, it's it's crazy to see personalities like this clash because you never really know what's going to happen. Um, it, it's it, it's it's wild because Ben has been doing this for a very long time. And so it's it's hard to kind of shake his character at all, to, to get under his skin. And we see how kind of like unshakable he is throughout this match. Radis really trying to get to him. Even, even uh, Lomas kind of snaps at one point at the beginning here um, because, you know, guys out there with him, he's his manager for this match. And he like tells the guy like tells him tells him like shut up or something and, and he just like Lomas just like snaps and team action just plays it off. They play it cool because they are pros, man, at this. And they right before the match even started were able to get underneath their skin enough to do that. I I thought it was it, it was it was beautiful to see, I gotta say. And uh yeah, guy is is incredible. I gotta say, I'm gonna be sad that we're not gonna get any more, um, any more team action stuff. It's, it's a bummer. I I love seeing them. I'm so thrilled that we finally got them back, but I'm glad that we got what we did. So I'll say that much. Um, I love that guy tosses the little whiteboard and then goes and like demand like gets Ben's big one. I thought that was fun. Uh, it was a nice uh, kind of nice little thing for him to do as a manager you know it really worked uh the way he did it is it, it just screamed andrew guy just 
the loudness and the cockiness and the demanding attitude behind it all. I thought it was it, it was done really well. Um, and like I said, the reckoning they tried they they tried to step up to team action got got kind of essentially shot right back down. And so it's hard to mess with them, especially when they're together. When they're together, it's a whole nother level, man. And so we get into round one. And I got to say, some of these questions, I felt were, they were giving away a bit too much information. Um, I didn't, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal because it's round one and they're supposed to be a little bit easier. Not, you know, you know, you don't want them to be so easy that it doesn't matter, but, um, I feel like because we we saw this happen in previous games, previous matches with like round three questions where they're giving away way too much information and just essentially giving away the answer. And they the writers really got to watch out for that because you don't want that happening. You don't want to be giving away answers, especially in higher point question questions. I mean, it's just it's not what you want to see. Uh, Rager goes on to get a perfect round, uh, but is unable to get his bonus. Uh, Ben, only a point behind him, 10 to 9 in favor of Rick Raddus here. Then we get into round number two, and Ben spins DreamWorks. And, uh, we talk about how, you know, having a manager really can be beneficial. You know, like the whole last two years, it was really all about that. And I think that if Radis had had an experienced manager who knew their stuff, that I I don't think I don't think this challenge would have gotten by. I think that a, a good manager would have caught the fact that Secret Life of Pets um, is not a DreamWorks movie, uh, and you know is actually an Illumination movie, and they would have challenged it. And the question would have gotten thrown out because it doesn't belong in that category. And then who knows if, if Ben would have gotten whatever question they, they chose next for him. But but what I thought was even weirder was that Andrew Guy comes out like three questions later to challenge that question. And I'm just like, what? Are, I th- at first I thought maybe he was just doing a bit and maybe he still was. I'm not honestly sure. But like... If they had accepted the challenge, you know what I mean? Even though it was long past the time for challenging. If they had accepted the challenge, that could have screwed Ben over, you know, theoretically. Uh, because that was two points that he had gotten on that question. Like he answered the question. The other team didn't challenge it. So those are his points. So, like, I don't 100% know what guy was thinking. Um, uh, I think he's just, he heard that and it's like, wait a minute. And I don't, I think he stopped kind of paying attention. Uh, you know what I mean? If, if, if that was le- a legit challenge, I don't honestly know if it, if it really was. Uh, and cause what it, what would have happened if, if they had been like, okay, well, you know, challenges, you know, accepted. And then, you know, got Ben doesn't get the, the next question, right. Or whatever, you know, who knows, um, that, that would have sucked. So I doubt that Ben would have agreed to it you know i i feel like ben probably wouldn't have but if they're allowing if they would have allowed guy to challenge it they probably would then they would have had to have allowed the other team to challenge it too um even if ben had said no they would have had they would have then been able to challenge it so like it was close to opening up a really weird door um 
for for the game for that for their for his new partner there but uh luckily ellis shot it all down and, and we just kind of moved forward but yeah they really gotta they gotta keep track of those things if you're gonna have a category make sure the movies that are in it are part of it you know like i talked about with the hasbro one make sure you got a nice diverse assortment but also make you know like with this one with the dreamworks one make sure the movies are actually in that category you know because dreamworks and illumination are two very different uh, different companies all right so uh ben did struggle a little bit during his round um he did manage to do pretty well i think he got like seven points total but uh he did give up a steal you know so it wasn't his best run but it also wasn't terrible you know it wasn't it wasn't like what we saw with with elena unfortunately um fortunately for ben unfortunately for her um he did he did well enough obviously but it, he could have done a little better you know uh, i think that's that steel i was listening to the rundown and frankie was was talking about how you know after that that steel and you know people were like question you know questioning oh, oh, oh is he gonna is he gonna lose oh is he gonna lose two two matches back to back? One to, to Paige and then and then to Rick. And I'm just like, they were. It was like at that. I think it was two points because of that. You know, a two point gap, and that was it. And I'm just like, and it was like right at the beginning of the round. And I'm just like, why? Why would that make anybody worry? Really? You know, Ben's a top tier player. Now, if he had then gone on and missed the next question, then you start to worry. But he missed one multiple choice question. Not that big of a deal. You know, you don't really start worrying until you start, until you get into Radis's round and see if he just starts popping off answers, boom, boom, boom. Then is when you start, you start to worry, you know. But with that, I wasn't worried at all. I was like, okay. Really, to me, what it was just, it, it, it all it did to me was it made it so that it looked like Radis had gotten like his bonus because if he had gotten his bonus, he would have, that score would have been the same. It's like if he'd gotten the bonus and then missed the steal. Okay. If that happened, I don't think anybody would have been saying, Oh, Oh no. You know, especially if the steal had been missed because in the score would have been the same. So I, I just, I think there was, that, that was a bit too much. Um, like, I don't know how to, a little, overreaction i guess you could say uh i wasn't i wasn't a fan of, of that reaction from from frankie on it I was like nah I, I really don't think there was many people maybe there were some but i really don't think there were many people who were uh freaking out about whether or not ben was gonna win this match just because he gave up a one point steal i really i really doubt that uh so then radis uh goes up and spins 1990s movies and who we he uh, was not able to uh, to capitalize on this category whatsoever. Only got three points total out of here. Ben was able to uh, pick up some extra points as well. I think he picked up three points as well. Yeah, because because uh, Rick w missed three missed three questions going multiple choice on them. Um, it's just a lot of. A lot of big misses here um you know the that cruel intentions one that was a big one that was a big big one uh and then in round three he right off the bat he misses a pixar question uh you know 
essentially thinking that Onward was was an Oscar uh, winner. And I'm like, oh, man, like that's stuff you really should know. It's so recent. You know, this the, the Oscars themselves were less than two years ago. You know, it was like a year and some change ago. Um, it, he really got to know that stuff. Uh, and I feel like I don't know if he was getting in his head. I don't know if Ben was getting in his head or Andrew was getting in his head. I don't know what it was. But uh, after that first round, he did so well, he just really slipped and uh, wasn't able to to kind of get back to it. And uh, he was able to, thankfully for him, avoid the TKO. He, he did gaze three in his five, but it really wasn't enough because uh, Ben was able to win after hitting his three-pointer 24-22. to 22. And the Rager is no longer 3-0. He is now 3-1. and And during the post-interview, Radis proclaimed himself the greatest 3-1 player of all time. And I thought that was hilarious. I honestly, I hope he does this. He just continues to do this. No matter if he wins or loses, you know, he could be 4-6. and six, And I want him to be like, I am the greatest 4-6 and six player to ever grace the schmodown i want him to just i want this to, to stay i want this to be part of his his uh his gimmick I, I love it um during ben bateman's post interview guy gets real with us and uh he tells us team action is not getting back together uh unfortunately and that he is hanging up the belts that's right all the belts where are the belts they're being hung up you know, no more champs lunch, no more where's the belts, no more team action, which was sad, but I but I understood. You know, he's essentially he's retiring from gameplay so he can focus on on being on the desk. You know, really giving that that's where he feels that's where he wants to be. You know, and I'm I'm happy for him. You know, he seems to he seems to really like where he's at, but it was great to finally get to see that version of Andrew Guy one more time technically two more times i guess you could say and uh to see team action play one last time he went out on top had like the greatest game that he has ever played went like i'm pretty sure yeah he went perfect throughout that game he pulls sam levine and he's going out on top man you know on a win uh, during a perfect game man there's nothing better than that nothing better than that so uh yeah uh, kudos to Andrew Guy. Uh, I'm so happy that uh, we were able to see him and that he's happy himself. Uh, and then, like I said, I was talking about uh, Rick Raddus a little bit. Um, he has now lost to Bateman twice uh, between the teams and the singles over these last two weeks. So it makes me wonder if we're going to see a little a little feud grow here. You know, Ben's already got a feud with, with Paige growing. Um, and so now maybe he'll have a feud with, with Rick Raddus growing too. Uh, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna want revenge. You know, I feel like down the line, he's gonna want another chance to try to beat him, whether it be in teams or singles or whatever, he's gonna want that chance. So I'm sure, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and on a side note, uh, as I said, I, I had watched the Schmodown rundown. And Rick Raddus was on their most recent episode, and he teased the possibility 
of this loss kind of causing him to drop his gimmick and get more serious. And I'm curious if this is a thing that's going to happen or not. You know, uh, will he actually repackage himself? Um, I don't know. Only time will tell, really. So I'm actually kind of, I'm interested. I, I like his character, but I do think it can only go so far uh, really before it really starts to kind of wane on people. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I'm interested uh, in, in what he's going to decide to do. Who knows when the next time you know will be that we see him and you know, have a match? Because I mean, the team lost and then he lost, so he's kind of down on the pecking order right now a little bit. So I think we, it might be a little bit before we see him again. So I don't know. Uh, then we got Adam Witt and Paige Frabetti come out. You know, like I said, uh, you know she's now on the fan favorites. That's the big thing. You know, we got in the in the previously on we saw the fan favorites. They were teeing something up, and this is what they were teeing up. You know, he comes out and announces that she is now the Boston badass on the fan favorites. And like I said before, she made it sound like she was challenging Mike, as if the scene at the beginning didn't happen. Which, if it hadn't happened, then that would have been fine. Um, I think that would have been interesting if it had happened the opposite. Like, if maybe... Uh, they had come out at the top of the show and done this. And then at the end of the show, we we had Christian uh, go to Mike and say, well, she challenged you. And honestly, I think that's your best way to get, you know, back into position for the singles title. I think that would have actually been a much better way to, to kind of roll this. Um, again, I said the, the writing... The story writing in this episode wasn't at its best. And so hopefully they can kind of shake out those those kind of creases in their writing uh, throughout this. I know it's kind of new. Um, th- you know, this whole thing is new. You know, I really, I it was Christian doing everything prior to this. And I feel like he's probably not just doing it by himself now, the story writing, because I feel like that'd be a lot Um I'm sure he is you know, doing the majority of it, but I feel like there's probably a, a writer's room of some sort. And so hopefully they, they don't let stuff like that happen again. Um, but then we got uh, this end scene with Jacoby. He's outside. He comes. He's like, where is he? Where is he? Oh, I got to find him. And he comes around the corner and, and there's Mark Riley standing in front of a, of a big hedge. And he's like, looking at leaves like picking little leaves off and i'm just like what the fuck is going on like my first reaction really was like it is is mark riley going going like crazy did did the schmominati come back and they messed with his head the way they did with andrew guy like that was what i was like originally thinking um you know and obviously that wasn't gonna be thing because they ended that whole that whole schmominati thing but I'm like, what? Why would you do this to Mark Riley? Make him like this seemed just like weird to me. Um, and I didn't realize at first what it was referencing, to be honest with you. Um, and even after finding out that this this was a reference to the Karate Kid, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi, you know, and the whole the whole after after and the the, the little plant and everything. Um, but it, it to me, it didn't fit 
character-wise, storyline-wise, to have him acting that way. You know, it's funny to see. It's a cool reference. And I get maybe that maybe they're trying to tie it back to uh, the, the night that Mark won his second title and he came out in the, the, the karate gi doing the whole Daniel LaRusso thing. Uh, you know, so he went from the student and now he's the master. I, okay, I get it. That's 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 cool. But again, I, it, I just don't think it was done very well. I think they could have done something a lot better than him just being like all like not wanting to talk and just like transfixed on a bush and then be like, oh, who are you? I, I don't know. It just it didn't work for me. Um, I, I like I said, I get what they were going for, but it just it. It didn't work for me. Um, I do like the idea of seeing uh, Jacoby kind of being mentored by Mark Riley. I think that'll be really cool. Maybe Mark will be his manager uh, or teammate. I don't know, but uh, I do like that idea. So I am interested no matter what happens. Um, and uh, I wanted to uh, you know, add a little something here at the end. Uh, I've been kind of trying to keep track of things that I think might wind up in the Schmodown Awards for next year. And uh, I think we we have, I'm going to say, three possible picks already um, in these just a few short weeks that we've been into Season 9. Uh, we've got uh, a, few, a few of that kind of stuff. Uh, ooh, we have a comment here. Uh, we have uh, Alicia saying... I like Paige, and sure, she beat Ben in the past, but I really don't think she'll be much of a challenge for Mike if that match happens. I think on a normal day, I would agree with you, but this <laughs> Mike can be hit or miss when it comes to singles. That's what I'm going to say here. Um, I think it was well, not last year, but the year before's tournament, uh, Perry Nemiroff took out Mike in like the first round um, of the, the first or second round of the tournament. And it was the biggest upset. It was, it was the biggest surprise I think of the tournament. Uh, and so you never know, you know, and, and she, Paige has already shown that she is a powerhouse. You know, she, Ben is a, is a, you know, a high level player and it all depends on if Mike's having a good day, really, you know, um, the thing is, Ben only focuses on singles. Whereas Mike focuses on singles, inner geekdom, teams. He's split a lot of ways. So if he's not having a great day, man, anything could happen. So uh, I, I'm, I'm inclined to think that Mike is probably going to take this one. But I'll never count the Boston Badass out uh, for, for a single second. Because... Uh, I think we're going to see good things from her. Um, but yeah, so some of the picks that I have so far for uh, what we could see in the Schmodown Awards for next year, I've got uh, match of the year, obviously, Marisol versus Sam. I don't think we're going to see a better match than that. And if we do, holy shit, this will be the season of seasons, man, to have. Because this match is arguably... One of, if not the best match we've ever seen, um, at that Marisol Sam title match, it was it was absolutely incredible. Um, 
And so if we if we do manage to get another match that's better than that or even comparable, oh man, this this is good. You already know it's gonna be a great season. It's already been a great season. So then moment, uh, I already have our moment of the year team action reuniting. I mean, come on, like I don't know what else you you can do to top that, man. That was we've been waiting so long for that. Now maybe some people who weren't around during that may not feel that way, but. Uh, a lot of us out there who, who were there during the team action time and seeing this happen, oh, it was the best. I was so incredibly excited when Andrew Guy came out that curtain. It was it was it was something special. It was magical, you know, it was it was fantastic. And then speaking of Andrew Guy, comeback player of the year, guys. Come on. Now I don't know. I mean it's kind of a stretch because he'll have only played one match. But he came back and did what he did. I mean, come on. That's at least worthy of a nomination for comeback player. Whether he wins it or not is another story. we got a long season to go uh, to see who does what. But, I mean, I think that's worthy of a nomination at a minimum right there. So, uh, But, yeah, that's all I got for you guys this week on uh, episode 66 of Talkin' Schmodown. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, be sure to uh, check out all my other podcasts over on the YouTube channel and on the podcast form. You can follow me at Movie Blog Merc on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and Merc with a Movie Blog uh, on Facebook and YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and click that little bell right up at the top there. If you're listening on podcast form, if you're on Anchor, be sure to leave me a voice message. I always love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, and if you're on Apple or Spotify, leave me a five-star review. Uh, that would be fantastic. It helps me you know, get seen in, in the algorithm and everything. And, uh, and I'll read your stuff out. If you leave me a comment, I'll, uh, a five-star review comment, I will read it on air as well. And uh, like I said, be sure to uh, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Really looking to, to build that up as well. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, everybody. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you guys next week.